and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with the news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spasic. And speaking of news, um, this is our second episode, and we have already joined a podcast network. Yay! We spoke it into existence. We did. We talked about our hopes of it on the last episode, and... Uh, the folks from the, the fine folks at Cinepunks reached out to us about joining their network and took a listen to that first episode before it went live and liked it. And so we get to be part of the Cinepunks family that is, uh, home to so many shows, like including obviously, you know, Cinepunks itself, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think of particular interest, uh, and what makes this such a great fit is like, there's, there's horror business, um, with Justin Moore and Liam O'Donnell, which is an ongoing conversation about horror films, uh, where they gather monthly to discuss and dissect horror films in a sophisticated yet accessible manner. Um, (laughs) And there's also Twitch of the Death Nerve, which is a, a cult movie podcast from Charles Perks, John Zwarnar, and uh, Sam Deegan, uh, where each episode presents a deep dive into a different film with wide-ranging discussions touching on culture, genre, and the history of psychotronic cinema. Um, and yeah, so you'll be able to find us there um, sooner rather than later. Um, and you can find out all information and read articles and listen to all the other great podcasts on the network at cinepunks.com. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X.com. And you also write for Cinepunks, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, and the funny thing, I was trying to figure out how long I've been writing for them. And I started writing for them in 2015. Wow. Um, there was a period of time where I think I was the person doing the most writing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did a lot of writing for a while and I haven't done anything for a minute, but I've got a couple things on the the way. Um, so I'm very excited. Me too. I'm a, I'm a horror business fan. I've been listening to that for at least a couple of years. So I was familiar with the Cinepunks family through that. And I think this is super exciting. I'm so excited. Yeah, I definitely have a, uh, one of the horror business. Um, I heart Larry Cohen buttons on my jacket. Nice. nice. Um, speaking of Cinepunks, um, they have a Patreon. If you would like to donate, uh, that will eventually potentially benefit us. Uh, and that is <laughs> patreon.com slash Cinepunks. Uh, and there's also a couple of excellent sponsors. Yes. So the first sponsor is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. This is the premier screen printer of not only the Lehigh Valley, possibly the world. They are personal, personable, professional, and they're the only place where you can get a punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. The website you can find them at is xlvacx.com. If you've ever got any shirts from Cinepunks or from uh, Liam's uh, shirt uh, collaboration with uh, Justin Hauntlove, um uh which the name is rough cut <laughs> um lehigh valley uh, apparel creations does all of those shirts and i own many of them and can attest to the fact that they are fantastic cool uh and the other sponsor of the cinepunks podcast network uh is sx coffee roasters that is xx sx coffee roasters.com that is e s s e x um and they offer 
specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessibility, quality, accessible quality coffee, coffees, offering <laughs> education on coffee and bring to all of their customers. Essex founder Aaron Dahlbeck spent years on the road and touring bands often questing for that great cup of coffee between shows. Um, yeah, the coffee is amazing. Um, it's like roasted to order, which means like you place your order for coffee and then they roast it and then mail it to you. So it's not like been sitting forever and ever um, and getting all stale and gross. Um, basically, uh, Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you use Cinepunks as a promo code, you get 10% off your order. And I believe they have tea also. So if you're not a coffee person, there is a tea option. Which is fantastic. Um, now, um, at the top of the show, um, uh, as we discussed on the first episode, we're, we're, we're trying, uh, Julie and I are trying to get to know each other better through this podcast. And so at the top of each episode, we're going to have a little getting to know you question um, to learn uh, so you can learn about us, but we can also learn about each other. And so for this week, the question is, what movie, show, etc. scared you as a kid, horror or otherwise? I I don't remember actually ever being particularly scared by a horror movie or show, but I was terrified of aliens as a kid. So the things that scared me the absolute most, the number one scariest thing was the commercials for the Time Life book series, <laughs> Mysteries of the Unknown. And they would come on in between shows during Nick at Night. So I would just be casually watching Mr. Ed and then this terrifying commercial about aliens would come on in the dark. And so that and Unsolved Mysteries, because they usually had alien stuff on too, the most terrifying thing in the world. I'm kind of fine with aliens now, but as a kid, could not hang, hated it. I feel like that is the perfect story given like how often Justin Lore on Horror Business talks about fire in the sky. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel very... him on that. <laughs> now, no, those those terrified me as well. And especially like given Nick at Night, like also you would be watching and you, you'd have your Donna Reed show and mm -hmm. you'd have your Mr. Ed and everything. And then if you stayed up, late because your parents were like at the neighbors or something um then you would get alfred hitchcock presents yeah <laughs> it's just like that show messed me up but for me like the thing like that i remember for like the first thing i can remember watching that scared me was i was like little little like we hadn't even moved to lansing from kansas city yet we were still living um in the first house my parents had on armstrong in um kck um, the, there was like, I was supposed to be asleep and obviously like I got up because the babysitter was watching TV and what I came in on was the, uh, I'll be back scene from the original Terminator yes. where like he leaves and I was just watching. And then all of a sudden a car crashes through and then, you know, he gets out and just wreaks havoc. Uh, and it was so weird, like, because I don't think I saw that movie properly until I was probably, you know, like 10 or 11. And when that scene hit, it was just like, oh, like, just like this visceral, like, it, like repressed memory came back. And like, 
I mean, it is it a horror movie? It's a slasher, I think, has been argued numerous times before. So, yeah, that that is that is the the thing I can point to very specifically as being like the first thing that just scared the hell out of me. That is awesome. It, I think it's really funny that, you know, people try to want to pr- protect kids from horror movies. It doesn't take a horror movie. Any old thing can scare a kid. Anything that seems totally, you know, simple that oh that scared you that okay whatever (laughs) i think there's an entire generation of kids who like definitely slept in their parents bed with like a light on uh like because of like the the all haunting episodes of unsolved mysteries Mm -hmm. um definitely happened like and we kept watching it and my parents kept letting us watch it for some reason like (laughs) didn't like ban it from the house well, because it, it didn't come across as a scary show. For me, Unsolved Mysteries was so scary because it's not solved. Like, they didn't have the answer. Or if they did, it was an answer from five episodes ago that they solved. Do you never remember it anymore because you're a kid? Meanwhile, they're like, this lady's missing. This guy saw something weird in the sky. This family has something going on in their house. And you're just like, there are so many nightmare options. They're all right here. No, no. Yeah, like... And now, like, I watch it and I'm just like, oh, it's so delightfully, like, low-key and charming to me yeah. now. But it seemed as, you know, like, an a eight, nine, ten-year-old seemed like the most intense show that I ever watched. hmm Yes. So, it is now time for New Nightmares, our roundup of trailers, new to streaming, coming to theater soon, and more. First up, uh, Scream Factory uh, TV is coming um, April 15th, which is a- another streaming service. More streaming. Uh, I mean, thankfully, it's from the folks at Shout Factory. And if it's like Scream Factory, like, you, I mean, if it's like Shout Factory TV, like, you'll be able to, like, watch a lot of that stuff for free, like, off their website. Mm-hmm. If it loads, like I've had problems with Shout Factory TV yeah. to watch like MST3K episodes um, lately. But I mean, like they've got a really good deep catalog and I think it'll it'll make for fun. I wonder, so I have Sling TV, which is, you know, sort of like cable and the Shout Factory channel is on there. I wonder if that'll be a thing. If Scream Factory will be on Sling too, that would be kind of oh, cool. But in be- general, I think it's great to have another horror specific streaming thing like i love shutter but competition never hurt anybody yeah and i appreciate for more people it's it's a 24 7 streaming thing so it's like watching a a network so you just you can just like kind of like i'm a big fan of just like tuning into something and like what's on you're just like yep and just kind of like letting it run in the background and getting to see things that you might not have normally chose Yes, I like that too because I get that decision paralysis. I'll spend 30 minutes trying to figure out what to watch. And sometimes it's nice just to turn on the TV and be like, oh, this is on. Okay, yep. watch this. I feel like that's why like Comet is probably like one of the most watched things in our household. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Next up, Panic Fest. It's almost here at the end of the month, um, April 28th through May 8th. It goes all week, but the streaming because starts becoming available April 28th. If you're local, you can start going to the movies in the theaters. Um, what are some of the what are some of the lineup? They announced the lineup. What are some of the things you're looking forward to? Um, some of the things I'm looking forward to, like there's this documentary called The History of Heavy Metal and Horror that I think has the potential to be a lot of fun. Um, just because, like, I mean, it's well documented, and um, Mike Mc. Beardo, uh, the late Mike McBeardo Patton, uh, uh, McPadden, uh, did his book, uh, the, the heavy metal horror book. Um, that's fine. Um, it, 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 <laughs> but it covers like so much stuff, but I feel like, like something that talks exclusively about it. I mean, like, if you look at the three shots that are on the panic fest site, it's like Alice Cooper, John Carpenter and, um, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. Like, yeah. And that's before you get into like all the, you know, crazy heavy metal horror that's been around for forever. Um, And that doc is two and a half hours long. So it's going to be thorough. Yeah. That's what I I hope. I like, I mean, uh, I've gotten to talk to people like kind of involved with some heavy metal horror adjacent stuff. Like I got to talk with Vinny Appis from the band uh, Vanilla Fudge about Black Roses once, um, which is one of my favorites. what uh i'm also looking forward to lux eterna the new gasper no movie just yeah. because like climax was such a crazy movie it was bananas and uh, i don't know if you noticed this on the panic fest website but on the in theater showing it has a note beside lux eterna that says and some visitors i don't know what that means uh yeah i'm now I'm, I'm highly curious um and we're also getting a, a, a visit from Uncle Lloyd uh, himself, uh, the man behind Trauma. Um, Lloyd Kaufman will, will yeah. be. Um, and Mick Garris. And Mick Garris. Coming to show us Sleepwalkers. And Joe Bob. And Darcy and the Joe Bob. Yeah. I think we're both really interested in bitch ass. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. I, at first I thought that it was maybe like a... Um, an anthology although i don't think it is i but i think it's just got a narrator that makes it feel like an anthology and the narrator is tony todd so that's awesome tony todd doing like vincent price like right down to the mustache yeah it's so yeah i heard good buzz about it after it played at south by southwest so i'm excited about it and everybody also seems to be like soup like hatching has been like pitched to me by like three different publicists i feel have you seen the trailer yes it's weird it's intriguingly weird i i feel like that that's going to be one that people are going to get like it's going to be it, it seems like it has the potential to be like very divisive yeah you're, I think that's going to be a love it or hate it. And I think the same thing about this other one that I've seen a lot of people excited about, which is crabs, or shall I say crabs? Mission <laughs> point. I'm a sucker for like a monster, like a slugs sort of yeah. thing. It, it has, and I say this in a loving way, it has very sci-fi channel vibes, which <laughs> I'm here for. And uh, oh man, like when the screaming starts, like it, 
it definitely like is is it feels like it's stealing from a bunch of movies that i already love like uh behind the mask or um man bites dog Mm -hmm. yeah i love that horror comedy horror mockumentary style i think that there's so much room to have fun with that and to hopefully you know get to see that with other people is really cool yeah 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 and uh, we talked about watcher last episode um i think that's probably top of the list yeah very stoked for that one um so there is a new panos cosmatos movie coming uh and he's doing it with a24 um necrocosm yeah um i mean i mean now how did did you feel about mandy what I, your movie thoughts? I, yeah. I lucked out and got to see it like during like the one like regal screening. And I feel like the whoever was running the projector for that, like got what was going on and just cranked the volume on it. Nice. Uh, like so like all of those uh, riffs just hit so hard. <laughs> like Speaking of heavy metal movies. Yeah. Yeah. This one is this new one that he's got going is apparently going to be sci fi. In a strange galaxy where two lovers are torn apart as they try to survive a malevolent invasion in this phantasmagorical fantasy nightmare. I mean, like that sounds like uh, halfway between Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow. So, yeah, yeah. Sticking I, to what he knows. I am so excited. Like, OK, so like Wild Eye Picks, I, I, I feel like anybody who gets hardcore into horror like knows like this company. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like who are known for like it's it's a it's a it's very much like an american international picture sort of thing where it's like they definitely came up with like the poster and the title and then made the movie yeah <laughs> but they have this uh new reissue uh blu-ray label coming out uh that's called visual vengeance that is dedicated entirely to shot on video horror and what I love about it is that one of the first things that they're releasing is for the first time in America, Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell, uh, which is a movie I have been trying to see for like 10 years. This whole label seems right up your alley to me. As far as what I've seen you post about that you like, it's these kind of really kind of off off the wall niche small movies with crazy effects and crazy things going on it's the one i'm looking for like there's another one uh which is 1997's the necrophiles which i have heard about and i was just like no 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 like um as as has been as i frequently bring up like the thing that i don't get down with it like any like things that are rapey and that seems Mm. very rapey um and gross uh but yeah bloody muscle (laughs) Uh, i mean the title has me interested yeah and like the fact that like these all come with like vhs stickers you know like for like make it look like a video rental from the 90s like i'm i'm sold like go go nerdy yeah that is super fun speaking of things from the past that are coming (laughs) back they it looks like they're finally getting together a crow a sequel to the crow with bill skarsgård playing the crow what are your thoughts? Eh. Like, yeah. I mean, like all of the, like every Crow sequel has been like diminishing returns, but uh, Bill Skarsgård, uh, like, I mean, he could, he could maybe 
do it properly. Like, I mean, he mm-hmm. knows how to do creepy face paint. So yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a Bill Skarsgård fan and I'm interested, very interested in a goth Bill Skarsgård. So I'll watch it. And uh, another thing that came back, but not <laughs> was the guest too, which to me, this was bar none, the best April fools thing anyone has ever done like on the internet where it's like it's an official soundtrack to the guests to a movie which has never been made yeah um and it's great um it's got like a couple tracks from steve moore from the band zombie that i uh got to see them uh last month at the granada uh they're fantastic but yeah and like I think it's the cover art to it that really makes it where you just get like all of these hints of like what could be Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's like, you know, like Micah Monroe with like a a huge assault rifle and then like some culty stuff, triangles and skulls and people in hoods. It's like, oh, man, like if you're going to do something like just nail it. Like, I don't care if the movie never happens, but. But also we're welcoming the movie if it wants to happen. Please, 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 <laughs> please, please, please. Um, Adam Wingard, uh, if, if, if you find time to like go back to your indie roots now that you're making big studio movies, um, please do. Yes. <laughs> and we're about out of time for this segment, but I think we've got time for like one more piece of news. Uh, which one's your favorite? I think we let let's 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 keep it in the uh, prequel sequel throwback range. Okay. Well, in that case, we're getting a prequel to it, specifically, I think, to the Pennywise aspect of it. In uh, HBO Max, is bringing us Welcome to Dairy, which is a direct prequel to the recent movies, and it's set in the '60s, which would have been the previous Pennywise cycle just before we joined the kids in the eighties. I think it like, I am excited because it is HBO max and like, I like the idea of, you know, if you do one season and it does well, then you can just continually keep going back 27 years or at at the very least you could do like a, um, like fear street sort of thing where there are flashbacks and you can see, you know, previous incarnations. I mean, if you've seen both of the movies, you know, that like Pennywise, the dancing clown has been around for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And Pennywise comes from a very ancient evil. The the possibilities are almost literally infinite of how far back they could go. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, given how good castle rock was like, I enjoyed both seasons. Um, Yeah. Like there's they have demonstrated that backstories to Stephen King stuff and exploring stuff that's not necessarily in the books. Um, Although before we wrap up, did you see the tweet Stephen King put out? Like there is there is some people arguing like who is the greater King villain? Is it Randall Flagg or is it Pennywise? And then Stephen King just drops a tweet that's like, well, have you considered that they might be the same entity? Oh, Stephen. You can't just fucking drop that on the internet, man. Like, like that wrecked my day. 
Stephen. Yeah, that guy. Um, speaking of Stephen King, he doesn't appear to actually be involved with this prequel. I'm guessing it has its his blessing or it wouldn't be happening, but I don't know that for sure. That's just a guess. I'm excited either way. Me like, too. I, yeah. I can't wait to see like what happens. Yes. Agreed. It is now time for our feature presentation. Sam Walker's The Seed. Yeah. What's up, guys? We're staying in this really cool house in the middle of nowhere. Wow. We're here to party and watch the biggest shooting star event since the dinosaurs checked out. We really need to get laid, guys. You ever seen the media shower before? I cannot get a goddamn signal. What is it? Oh my god, it's got a little face. What is that piss-leaking dog rat doing in the house? I couldn't just leave it. I was crying. I... I'm not letting you kill an innocent animal. Killing it is the kind thing. With what? I don't know. Hey, little guy. Thirsty? What is the seed? Okay, let me read this synopsis. Lifelong friends, Deidre, Heather, and Charlotte are finally getting some time away together using the upcoming meteor shower to gather more followers for their social media channels. But what starts out as a girl's getaway in the Mojave Desert descends into a battle for survival with the arrival of an invasive alien force whose air of mystery soon proves to be alluring and irresistible to them. Before long, the situation devolves into a battle to the death where the stakes have galaxy-wide implications. So The Seed is an interesting movie. I think we can yes. both agree. Like, it's a great premise. Yes. I am not here to tell anyone that this is a good movie, but I think it is worth a watch if you like things that are fun. I think that is the absolute best way to put it because like it's it has like these psychedelic parts. It's very it's got like hints of society. It's got hints of like mm -hmm. E.T. or alien, you it's know, got like hints any, of Heathers. Yes. Um, and like it's I it's definitely a covid film. Yeah, very much so. Um, Yeah. The isolated setting, you can tell it was a limited crew. Um, but, you know, when you consider that, what they're able to do with limited crew, a clearly limited budget, they were able to do some pretty cool stuff with it. 
Yeah, uh, like it's a great use of location. Like, I mean, like they 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 really use that house to its full advantage, and like mm-hmm. they have the secondary location as well that is, is uh, amazing. Um, like it starts out like really really well and just seems like very simple at the start but like then just like spirals out into craziness like during this last third of it where it like it it goes i I will grant it kudos for going places i did not expect yeah for sure (laughs) now uh, okay so like this is in my note like very early on um, this movie is also surprisingly horny and I don't know how Very. choosing films like this, like <laughs> two in a row, like this is not intentional. Um, but yeah. yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't not expecting it to. This is a way different kind of horny though. <laughs> it's very this different. The, I mean, sure. X is sleazy in a way, but this is like sleazy, slimy. It's, I mean, it's, it's alien horny. Yeah, if it is alien horny mixed with like all of the shunting scenes from the end of yeah. society, like yeah. it, it's it is a movie that like sticky. Mm-hmm. It's definitely gooey. Yeah, I I feel like this is a movie that you can sm- you almost know what it smells like. <laughs> yeah, there was one scene in particular. It doesn't, I don't believe it spoils anything, so I'll say it. And it actually is not even a special effect. But there's one scene where one of the characters is just sitting there smashing uncooked eggs into her mouth. And I don't know how that actress did it because I was just gagging just watching it. It was so gross. It, there, there's so much of the, 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 the thing about it is like they, if you like have read any of the promotional material that came out before it or like watched it, they kind of pitch it as being like a black comedy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like it has scenes that are kind of funny, but like it is, it is an uncomfortable kind of comedy. Like I think like watching a Tom green movie or something. It's not laugh out loud or it's, and there's, I wouldn't say there are jokes. There are things that in hindsight, feel funny but that at the time i wasn't laughing at per se um i can't remember where i i, I heard this but it's it's not funny haha it's like funny uh oh yeah there you go that's perfect <laughs> yeah um what what are the the things you feel like work really well in, in I, the film i think the acting was great you've really got three characters Pretty much, there's just a couple other side characters, and I think they worked well together. I think they did the best they could with what they were given, which I honestly don't think was much. Um, but I think that they did great. The um, the person who played Charlotte, I think, was my favorite. Was that yep. Chelsea Edge? Yes. She, I thought, did a great job. Um, that's and, and then you know the effects like clearly on a budget but they really went for it they did not hold back they they poured it all on I, yeah and i i feel like they really used the effects budget well like they, mm-hmm. they they knew it's like we're not gonna get a lot of effects but like we're gonna make what you get look really good like those scenes where they're basically all kind of hallucinating as they bond with or not with the alien yeah. like 
look they look really great like they legitimately look very weird and confusing but in an intentional way it made me feel like that scene from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> where they're on the boat ride and you're like why is this in the middle of a children's movie speaking of things that scar you as a child <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah, like the the like um, uh, let's see. Uh, Chelsea Edge as Charlotte, Sophie Vavasur as Heather, and Lucy Martin as Deidre. Like they, they're all individual characters. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I really like is like they're distinct from one another. Right. Um. What I what I didn't care for is that they didn't get much character development. They they're each a stereotype Mm -hmm. they pretty much stay in that stereotype and they're given absolutely zero depth of personhood which made it hard to want to root for anyone really not because i disliked them but just because i didn't feel any feelings for them i didn't know anything about them there was very little mention of their lives outside of this girls weekend there was no way to get to know them or care about them at all yeah, you're basically like Charlotte is the one who has like a job job. Deidre yeah. is like the influencer. And then you're not really given anything about Heather at all. <laughs> yeah, she's a yoga instructor, I think, oh, was all I got. And apparently that's her dad's house that they're at. Now, like, do you like kind of going back to the the comedy aspect of it? Like, did you feel like the influencer thing was supposed to be the comedy? Maybe. I mean, I would say she was definitely the one who was doing the acting that would lead me to believe she thought that that was going to be comedy in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's too real. Maybe she was too good at being that kind of annoying influencer type. So it wasn't funny. Yeah, it's. It, yeah, the the thing that gets me about it is like all of the scenes at the beginning are played so straight and just, you know, like basic and middle of the road. Like when things aren't crazy, it's just kind of I'm not going to say it doesn't grind to a halt, but it, mm-hmm. it definitely starts to feel like I'm definitely looking at the time and seeing yeah. how much of the movie is left. Yeah, it almost felt like the script was an outline and the actors were told to just this is roughly what's happening maybe but these are comedians you know these are just actors these are just people maybe maybe if they had made this movie with three comic actors or comedians who could riff then that would have really been something and i don't know if that's how the script was or not it just feels like maybe it wasn't as fleshed out as it could have been and then they got there and were like oh well, I guess we got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And like it like the whole movie, like by the time you get to the end, it's just like, oh, are we just like building up to this finale? Like like it, mm-hmm. it like you've got like all the psychedelic sequences and you've got like the the scene with the eggs and stuff like that. Uh, it's all they feel like almost like they're from another movie. And they just like they were making two different movies and then they're like, let's put these together and see how it works. Yeah. 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 It was almost like a slumber party movie kind of thing for teen girls. And then an alien shows up. You're like, oh, wait, okay, this is different. This has become a different thing. Yeah. It 
which is crazy is because like it has all of these elements for a movie that is weird and fun but it never i guess i guess my biggest complaint is that it never fully commits to being as weird as it is at times yeah Yeah, agreed now there's one character that i just want to talk about because i don't understand it all the lawn boy a boy comes to take care of the lawn and i understand that this is not an american movie this is a uk movie that was filmed somewhere in europe on an island what was that dude's accent though because it was super weird and really like jarring it's it feels like i mean i think that's a a thing worth pointing out is that like lucy martin is a uk actress uh doing an american accent and does it very well like i wasn't aware that she was actually british until i was reading after the movie but yeah like it is it definitely has that feeling of a movie that is trying to be american but is not like sort of like watching return to horror high yeah (laughs) where you're like or like pieces Mm-hmm. Italians trying to guess what America's like. When you find out that it's not an American movie, a lot of things about it start making a little bit more sense. Yeah. But no, like I I don't understand like the the lawn boy slash pool boy and like what he's like if you took him out of the movie, it wouldn't really change anything at all no because he doesn't do anything like they kind of want him to help them and then he just starts screaming and runs away so i guess all he proves is that they don't need a guy to take care of it for them which yeah. is, is a nice thought and it is super uncomfortable the way they convince like the way like what he d- agrees to do like these are all like he is a teenage boy and they are adult women and it's just like well like i need to like kiss me for my instagram and it's like no yeah no (laughs) it's but again when you find out it's not an american movie it makes a lot more sense yes oh it was filmed in malta that's where it was i knew it was Uh, something with an m i just couldn't think of it but it's a movie like i'm glad i watched it because like when it's fun like i was riveted like when it yeah when it fully commits to getting weird and like the end part i had no idea where i had no idea where the ending was going to go yeah yeah once once the action like truly happens it's so worth the watch to the point where by the time it was over i was texting people like you gotta watch this i'm not telling you it's good but you have to watch it because i need to talk about it basically i i think that's like it's that is the best way of putting it it's just the once you have seen it, you want other people to see it so you can like try to understand it, which is, you know, maybe that makes it good art. Yeah. You know, and also this is Sam Walker's first feature. And I think like if this is what he's doing on his first crack at the bat, I'm into whatever he might have up next. If if anybody gives him a little more money, a little more time, maybe somebody helps him with the script a little bit. Could really be something. I it shows promise um Mm -hmm. it's kind of like um oh i'm trying to think of like some folks uh like recently who have done like similar sort of things um 
Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm really trying to remember who who I'm thinking of here. But there have been a few directors like where like their first film was just like, ah, uh, I don't know, like, uh, like how this is gonna work. Maybe it's gonna suck or whatever. But it's at least you know it has potential. You know, um. Uh, no, Adam Egypt Mortimer. That's who I was mm-hmm. thinking of. Like his first movie, Some Kind of Hate, is not a great movie mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination, but it's unique. Mm-hmm. And like everything yeah. done since then has just like built on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes you just got to get out there and and give it your first try, and then you get a little confidence the next thing's just going to be better i mean most people don't get worse at something on their second try despite what rock and roll in the sophomore slump (laughs) might have told us you know i think mostly you get better so i'm i'm very interested to see what sam walker might come with next because he's clearly got wild ideas i i feel like anybody who who has uh anybody who goes back and like reads the first thing they wrote or listens to the first thing they recorded, like definitely acknowledges that like there, (laughs) there's potential for growth. For sure. For sure. And also like it's streaming on shutter. Like, I mean, you already have a subscription to shutter. You should watch it. It's, it's not going to cost. It's not like you have to pay money to see this. You're already paying money. Yeah. And it's also like summer vibes, you know? It's an we're we're getting into spring. It's time for some summer vibes. Get out of the winter movies. Get some summer it, vibes. It is. It's it's very. It. I mean, there's a lot of the the pool plays a major part of that film, and um, I feel mm-hmm. like yeah, you'll definitely like watching it. I was like, I want to go somewhere. It's warm, and I can just kind of like dangle my feet in the pool with like drinks. That sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ideally, without an alien crashing into the pool and ruining your good time, or changing your good time at least. Yeah, I think it could be, it could be argued that for like a period of this movie, like your the 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 good times continue for some mm-hmm. in a different way. You'll just have to watch it to find out what we mean. Mm-hmm. And please do, please do go watch it and tell us what you think about it, and tell us how uncomfortable it made you in parts (laughs) parts of the movie parts of your body whatever Now it's time for I'll Be Right Back, where we talk about our plans for the next week in horror. What do you got going on? Um, well, I am actively working on my spreadsheet and my plan for Panic Fest. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to be on a panel at Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City for Panic Fest, where we will be doing a draft. And I don't know exactly what that means. No one has really explained it to me. So I'm just kind of showing up 
but it's a horror movie draft where we are doing um, alien movies that aren't in the alien franchise. So if you're in Kansas city, that'll be the Sunday of comic-con that is the 24th of April at 10 30 AM. And you can come and find out what that means live while I find out what that means live. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like, and what about you? What do you got going on? Uh, I am currently waiting for like a bunch of books to show up in the mail. Um, I am currently, I did an interview that ran on the pitch um, earlier this week for, with uh, Clay McLeod Chapman um, because his book Whisper Down the Lane just came out in paperback. Um, and I'm currently trying to use that to convince, uh, like convince his publisher and him to send me a copy of uh, his upcoming book, which sounds insane. Uh, it's called Ghost Eaters and it involves like a mm. drug that allows you to see ghosts. Um, but uh i'm waiting for uh there's a there's a book coming out at the end of this month from scout press called the the children on the hill by jennifer mcmahon uh which involves uh like little kids uh and uh you know evil kids and then it jumps ahead into the future and involves um like a podcast and monsters Ooh, yeah uh creepy kids always down for it uh and then Heck there's yeah book uh called reluctant uh immortals uh by Gwendolyn kisty um which features um bertha mason um from jane eyre living together with lucy weston raw from bram stoker's dracula uh, as oh. undead immortals in 1967 uh los angeles that sounds pretty cool yeah, that comes out in August, and I uh, like uh, well, like it was All it was right. blurbed by Stephen Graham Jones, which is why I was like, oh yeah, I'll read it. Yeah, sure. Like uh, uh, I'm waiting for his next book. Yeah, the 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 sequel to My Heart Is a Chainsaw. Cool, cool. But that's what I've got sounds going like, on. Just books. Sounds like you got a lot of reading ahead of you. I hope so. Like I've I haven't been doing a lot of reading lately, and I, I I've been looking for some new books. So good. So. That is our second episode. Um, That's it. Thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks for listening and make sure you come back next time and find us on the internet. Where do they do that? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at report carnage, and we can be reached via email at carnage report pod at Gmail. If you'd like to make any suggestion for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts. Uh, Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am at, dark humor girl on instagram or twitter and what about you i am nuthouse punks on twitter and nicklaus mouse n-i-k-l-a-u-s-m-a-u-s on instagram worth noting featured music in this episode is mystery mist on the moor gloom horizon and the nightmare machine by kevin mcleod available at incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 uh Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news and horror when we discuss the new film Midnight by director Kwan Osun. Perhaps I might have said that wrong. It is out now on demand from Epic Pictures, and the synopsis is fear grips the country of South Korea as a serial killer stalks its residents. 
Kung Kyung Mi, a deaf woman, is out late with her mother when she stumbles upon a young woman bleeding out in a dark alley. Now a witness to the killer's brutal crime, Kyung Mi is being ruthlessly hunted down. Will she survive or become his victim? And also that is playing Panic Fest. It so, sure is. Super excited to watch that uh, in the next week or so and then talk to you about it on the next episode of The Carnage Report. It seems almost impossible that this one will be horny. I really hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Again, thanks for listening and uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate, review, like us everywhere. Yay. Yay. Yay.